Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Um, this morning I got to do a church service at uh, Hogfest, which I was pretty excited about. And uh, we had some people come out. It was a, a decent turnout. And... Um, we, uh, we did some worship, and um, we, we preached an exciting message on, I thought it was exciting. I, I'm always excited about what God gives me to say. And um, so we preached an exciting message on who your neighbor is, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about that this morning too. But it was a good time. Um, I really appreciate Curtis McKinney uh, asking me to do that and allowing me to go and to be a part of that event. Um, isn't it awesome when we get to take church outside of the walls of the church building? an amazing thing, and uh, I believe that's what God's called us to do. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I, I wondered if I needed to get tatted up in order to go and do it, and uh, but I didn't. I, I can say that when I was going in, um, they said, hey, the pastor's here, and um, so they were taking me in, and they were like apologizing. They were like, we, I'm, I'm sorry, we were doing tattoos in here last night, and I was like, I, I don't care. I mean, if you want to if you want to give me one while we while we preach, then that's fine. If you want to do that, so anyway, but um, no, I'm not gonna show. You. <laughs> I got one. I got one. Word of life. Anyway, I'm just gonna turn it over to you because I'm not gonna stop talking if I don't. Well, just just one last thing. Um, we got some letters this week. Uh, yeah, mo most of you know that. Uh, uh, Pastor Jason had uh, mentioned a few weeks back, a month or so ago, and uh, about an opportunity that we had to uh, help one of our schools. And uh, the, what's, what's the name of the school? Eddie Alternative School. Eddie Alternative School, uh -huh. yes. And uh, so we took uh, a pool table and a ping pong table and cornhole games and basketball nets and all kinds of recreational equipment over there and set it up for them and they were so excited and uh, uh, so we got letters today a thank you note from the the principal over there and then some letters that were handwritten by the students and uh, you know we thought that's kind of cool and so we wanted you to be able to see them because when we do stuff like this, it's we that, that do it. It's not us that do it. It's, it's all of us is what we do. Praise God. And so we put those letters on the bulletin board in the cafe. So stop by there after church and read some of those letters. And, and uh, 
just know that they're grateful and and, and we're sending their thank yous to to you and uh, we're grateful for the opportunity praise God Amen. so this morning um, we are kicking off back to church month and uh, uh, now I realize that it is Labor Day weekend and uh, actually we we call this back to church month not no church month you know, it's no shave November uh, so let's not get the two confused no shave November and back to church month let's not get back to shaving November and uh, no church month that's uh, I've never been more confused in my life but uh, anyway, let's, yeah, let's, let's not be confused. Let's not be like Jason. Uh, and so anyway, we want to share some things to kick this month off. And uh, we're going to be soliciting your help. I asked uh, uh, about a month ago uh, for people to begin to give us input. You see, the thing is we want to reach out to people who uh, maybe for one reason or another, it's we really don't. We really don't care why. Uh, all we care is that we're missing people, and and we don't want to miss them anymore. We we want them to be here, and so uh, we don't care why they're missing. And so uh, I need your help with that because uh, some people, you know, some people never give us their contact information. Other people change their contact information like they change their socks and uh you know so every other day they're getting a new phone and uh you know i don't know if that's because they didn't pay their last phone bill or 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 what it was but any whatever reason uh sometimes we lose track of people we don't know where to find them don't know where they're at sometimes they've gone to another church and they're plugged in and they're doing well and that's fine and, uh, you know, we want people to be where God leads them to be. And, uh, but we know there's a whole lot more people he's leading to be in here than what we actually see here. And uh, so with that in mind, we're going to be reaching out to these people, but I need your help. If there's somebody that you're missing uh, that, that you've noticed or not here, if you know how to get a hold of them, send us. Or, or maybe you don't know how to get a hold of them, but maybe somebody does. And uh, so anyway, um, let us know. Tell us what you're thinking. Send us a note. Write us a card. Drop an offering bucket, whatever. Send us a text message or, or, or whatever, but let us know. I asked that a month ago. I got one person sent me one name, and that was all I got. Okay, so I think we can do better than that. And you contact them. I mean, it, it means so Absolutely. much more if you if you do it than if it comes from us. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, we're going to pull out all the stops and we're going to do whatever we, we can do. But this is a group effort. This is not a pastoral staff effort. And so this is a, a, a church-wide effort. You want to be in the ministry? You just got drafted. Okay. If you don't, you just got drafted. Yes. Yes. And so. Um, Honestly, I mean, 
the, the reality is, and, and this is what we're going to talk about today, and I don't mean to steal your thunder, but as a segue, um, really what this is about is this is an us thing. And um, we, we tend to have this view sometimes uh, of a, that this is, this is their church, or this is a, but this is an us thing. And if it's going to be, if it's going to work, it has to be an us thing. Um, and so really, that's, that's the whole purpose, is developing this us mentality. Um, not, you're not an observer uh, in this thing. Now, if you want to come to church and, and uh, you want to, to sit in the chair and, and that's all you ever want to do, we're going to love you and we have a chair for you. But that's not the best for you. The best for you is to show your hands, to be involved, um, to, to say, here's what I can do. Here's my part. Now, the thing is, you don't have to do it all because there are so many other people that are coming along and everybody just doing one thing, just doing their part, um, makes something really special, all right? And that's what we're going to kind of begin talking about today. Well, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, um, Jesus said this, verse uh, 19. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now notice there that he didn't say where your heart is, there will your treasure be. No, he said where your treasure is, there will your heart be. He didn't say that your uh, treasure follows your heart. No, he said your heart follows your treasure. And so, uh, you know, I can tell, I can tell people that won't be here long because they never invest anything into this. They never put any treasure here. And so I don't know where their treasure is, but wherever their treasure is, that's where they're going to be before long. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we can always tell people that will will not be here long because they never put anything into this. And, uh, you know, so I want to encourage you to, uh, you know, I hear people say, well, I know I need to get back in church. Well, if you had put some treasure here, then we might not be having this conversation. I need to get back in church. Maybe you would have never left. Um, and so the thing is, we want to encourage you to invest some treasure. Now, he didn't say where your money is. You know, so, so if you're thinking, oh, he's just going to beg us for money here. Well, money can be part of your treasure, but money's not your whole treasure. Um, How many of you guys bought football squares for next week? I just want you to raise your hand. Just be real honest. I bought. Is that really it? Is that really it? We only have like two people in here that bought football squares. Okay. How many people have ever bought football squares in your life? Raise your hand. All right. It's a few more. It's a few more. So if you've ever bought a football square, what, what do you do when that game is on? You check the score? All the dang time, right? Checking the score to see because you have something invested, right? Yeah. So when, you, when you've got some treasure invested here, now, 
we, we certainly need you to invest some monetary treasure here, but that's not the only thing, okay? Investing in, in what's going on here, it, it means you know what's going on here, first of all. Uh, like, like the football squares, you know what time that game is. Uh, you know, uh, you know probably what channel it's going to be on. Uh, you know, you probably have the app on your phone so you can follow it, you know, so that even if you have to get up and take a potty break in the middle of the game, you take your phone to the bathroom with you. So, so you can keep up with it. So you can get the alerts when your team scores. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, uh, and yet I find people at church, oh, well, I didn't know we were doing that. Why didn't you know that? Because if you invested some treasure, then you would be keeping up because you would want to know what are they doing with the treasure I invested there? And so, um, you know, your treasure is going to, and here's something that I was, I was thinking about this. And, uh, you know, there's four categories of people, four classes of people here. And uh, one is the observer. The observer is the guy that he just comes in, he wants to see what's going on. He just, he just comes in to, to check it out. And that's okay. We believe that some uh, observers well, we believe everybody's going to originally start out as an observer. And, uh, uh, you know, you come in, check it out, see what's going on, and then some observers are going to stay. But, uh, but we love observers, you know. Tell all your friends, come observe. Come see what's going on. Come check it out. Um, but then the, the next level would be, well, the observer is the guy that he goes to Lowe's and he just walks around the store looking at stuff and he picks up things and he looks at them and he puts them back on the shelf. And he may spend two hours there and walk out the door with nothing uh, because he's just an observer. He's, he's just looking around. And when somebody comes up, can I help you, sir? Can I help you, ma'am? I'm just looking around, you know. And Lowe's doesn't say, well, if you're not going to buy anything, then get out of our store. Why? Because they believe that the longer you stay in there, the more the likelihood of you buying something goes up. I've even heard of convenience stores giving away a six-pack of, of soft drinks uh, just for coming in the store. Why? Because they believe that if you walk in... Uh, you're probably going to get more than just the six-pack of soft drink. You're probably going to buy something. And uh, so, you know, we believe that when observers come in the door, there's going to be observers that like what they see and want to stay. And so we don't mind that. Um, and then um, there's the guy that we – I'm going to call this guy the consumer – He's the guy who just wants his needs met. And, uh, you know, Jesus had those that just wanted their needs met. He fed them. He healed their sick. 
They just wanted their needs met. But of all the people, think I like to think of this. You know, there was one time that Jesus fed a multitude. The Bible says 5,000 men besides women and children. Another time it was 4,000. But uh, let's take this crowd of 5,000 men besides women and children. You can estimate that that crowd was a minimum of 20,000 people. And Jesus fed them the loaves and the fish and performed that miracle of multiplying the, the food. And uh, uh, so he, he's got this one meeting on the seashore of 20,000 people. Yet on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people there. Okay? Uh, it says that after he was resurrected from the dead that he sh showed himself to 500 and so, um, anyway, we know that not everybody that followed Jesus actually went into the ministry. Uh, but Jesus still fed their multitudes. He still raised the dead. He still healed their sick. He still ministered to them. Uh, you know, and in fact, one place, he said, you followed me because you ate the loaves and the fish. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that's all they wanted. They were happy, and they went away. And, uh, you know, I, I got a feeling that probably those that ate the, the loaves and the fish were probably not the ones that were there falsely accusing Jesus when he was on trial before Pilate. Uh, but uh, anyway, he fed them. They, they were the consumers. They just came to get their needs met. We don't mind if people come to just get their needs met. You see, we also believe that if you get your needs met, it raises the likelihood that you're going to go a little further. Praise God. But if that's all you ever want, if all you ever want to do is to come and sit in church and feel better about yourself, you know, get something that maybe encourages you through the week, that's okay. That's all right. We're, we're going to encourage you. We're still going to love you when you come in. And, uh, and, and when you call us, we're going to come and help you. And, uh, you know, that's what we want to do. But we would like to see you go a little further than that. Um, you know, there are, there are employees. Let's go back to Lowe's again. At Lowe's, there are employees. The employees may also shop there, probably do, but uh, the employee has a, something a little bit more at stake here. The, the consumer, well, if, if Lowe's goes out of business and closes their doors, then uh, they'll find somewhere else, you know, uh, to get their needs met. Um, but the employee, he's got something a little more at stake here. Uh, you know, he's, he's getting paid by this. Let's see, I wrote it down this way. The employee may come and even serve in some capacity in the church if it's convenient. Okay? This, this is the guy that he may serve when he's here, but he may miss three out of four Sundays. Uh, you know, he may, he may show up and, oh, uh, pastor, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. What do you need me to do? And then 
we don't see him for the next three weeks. And, uh, uh, you know, but he may serve in some capacity if it's convenient. Um, but their commitment level is low. They give little thought to their service when they're outside of church. Um, and if things don't go their way, they can easily go down the street to another church. Um, you know, these, these are the people, and, and, and we've got them. Every church has them, and we love these people. We want, we want to help you to maximize your church experience. We want to help you get the most out of, your, out of uh, church to build your relationship with God. We want to help you get the, the very maximum out of that. Now, we know this is not the maximum. This, we, we appreciate it, and, and, and we, need, we need these people. But what we really want to do is we really want to help you to go beyond that, to step on into the, to the maximum. Then we've got, I call this guy the investor. The investor, he's the guy that he's bought low stock. And so he wants to make sure that, that they're doing well. He wants to make sure the business is going well because when things go well with, with lows, he makes money. Okay? And so um, this is the investor, all right? But in, in the church, this, this investor guy, he's the guy that he's got a position that he serves faithfully in. He reads his Bible. He prays. He prays for the church. He uh, prepares himself. Uh, if he's a teacher, he's preparing his lessons. He's thinking about next week's lesson while he's teaching this week's lesson. And, and he's, he's, he's thinking ahead. What am I going, you know, what are we going to do next week? How am I going to help these kids next week? How am I going to, uh, how am I going to serve next week? And, and he wants to know, you know, he comes early to church because if, if somebody doesn't show up, uh, then he wants to be sure that the job gets done. Uh, he's the guy that he plays in the worship band, and he, uh, he practices his instrument. He's the guy that is, is listening to worship music and always listening for a, for a, a, a fresh new song. That he, that, uh, and he's coming to Pastor Jason, and he's saying, you know, hey, can we do this song? I was really listening to this. This was really ministering to my heart. Can we do this song? Can I give an example of that real yeah. quick? Practical right here, right now, and I'm going to just assume that a few things happened. So um, earlier this week, um, Jasmine texted me a lyric to that Break Every Chain song, and she said, what song is this? Um, and so I told her what song it was, and then she didn't text me back, which is not uncommon for Jasmine, if you know Jasmine. Um, so I decided, okay, whatever. Um, I think for the first time in the last 16 years, I didn't know what the set list was today for worship. And, um, and that was good. I don't say that as a bad thing. I just say that as a good thing because, um, because we have people that have taken it and, and ran with it. Um, but I, 
I've never heard those two songs mashed up together. What a beautiful name and uh, break every chain. I've never heard that before. So it doesn't say that it doesn't exist, but I'm going to guess that you made that track or you blended them together. Is that correct? Okay. So Jasmine did that on her own because she felt like that's what God wanted for this morning, right? Yeah. And first of all, I would have never done that in a million years um, because my brain doesn't work that way. And, um, but it was, was it not powerful? It was super powerful, right? Yes. Right? That's an investor. Amen? And that's what can happen if you invest because not every idea can be mine or Pastor Daniel's. If it is, then it becomes boring. Right? I'm not saying I'm boring. He's boring. No. Um, no, but seriously, right? We have all these people that God has brought together. He's brought together your ideas. We host a disc golf tournament every year because Albert came to me with an idea, and I said, awesome, do it. And he's ran with it, and it's a tremendous outreach to the community and a tremendous um, addition for missions because it's something that, he, that God placed on someone's heart to do, an investor. Amen? You've got those ideas too within you that we need to make this happen the way it needs to happen. Amen? And you know, there are, there are ideas we get from people sometimes that uh, don't work. Um, and, you know, don't get upset about that. Uh, you know, we, we can't do every idea. Um, but there are also ideas that we have to figure out how to do. Um, some of the, you know, we, we haven't actually figured it out because maybe it was something brand new that we hadn't thought of before and we thought, oh, okay, well, I like that idea, but I got to figure out how to implement that. And uh, because maybe it affects something else and we got to take that into consideration. And, uh, you know, but an investor, um, an investor also knows that every penny he invests doesn't necessarily reap a, a, a dividend. Um, you know, you invest some sometimes that don't necessarily pay off, but he doesn't quit investing. And so, um, you know, when, when we're talking about uh, people in church, we, we work together and we, th we throw these things out and, and uh, uh, you know, when you have an idea, when you have a thought, let's, let's do this, can we do this, can we, you know. And, and, and let me just also say this, when you have an idea for something, don't come and say this is an idea for you to do. I have enough to do. Uh, you know, sometimes an idea is for the person who has the idea to do. Maybe that's why God pointed it out to you because he wants you to do it. You'll always be better at something you're passionate about than I am at it. I mean, honestly, when you come and you have an idea that you're passionate about, um, don't be surprised if you want me to do it and then it's a failure because I'm not passionate about it. It's your idea. What I'm passionate about is you. And so if you need help, blessing of the bikes is a case in point. I'm not passionate about blessing of the bikes at all. I'm passionate about people, and I'm passionate about, um, about facilitating God's plan in Joe. And 
so Joe came with this idea, and so what does he need from me? I can call and book a bounce house for him, right? I don't have to be passionate to make a phone call, but the passion is what makes it successful. The vision is what makes it successful. He carries it out. You carry that vision out. And I'm passing to you. All right. As, so moving on from that, that baseline as we need investors, I think as an investor, we all have individual things. Not all of you are going to come up with a worship set. And um, even though some of you think you can, it's, I, I don't want you to. Um, but every one of you have that in you. Every one of you have something in you, and it's, it's different for every one of us. One thing that we should have in common is that we should care for people. Every one of us have that in common. It's to care for people. And Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 10. Um, and I'm going to go to it here. He tells a story, and, and many of us are familiar with it, but he talks about um, what we refer to as, as the Good Samaritan. Now, the Scripture never says that he was a Good Samaritan. It just says he was a Samaritan, and then it describes that he did something good. But if we start here, and I'm just going to give like a, a brief overview of the entire chapter, and I think that we need to at some point come back and really explore this chapter because it's so full of stuff that we need as the body of Christ. Um, but Jesus, he sends out um, 70, which are people that have come along that want a higher commitment than the multitudes, a higher commitment than the 120, but not as much as the twelve. So he sends out the 70, and um, the 70 come back to him, and they're all excited, and he gives them some direction in there. And, um, but then out of this, there ends up being a conversation that Jesus has with uh, a guy who's a lawyer. And it says in verse 25 of Luke 10, a certain lawyer, he stood up and he tested him by saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and he said, well, what's written in the law? What's your reading of it? How do you understand the law? And so the attorney said, well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, which those are right from the words of Jesus. And so Jesus looks at him and he said, well, you've answered right. Do this and you have eternal life. But this guy wasn't just satisfied with that. He goes on and he says, but who's my neighbor? It says, love my neighbor as myself, but, but who's my neighbor? So Jesus tells him a story. He said, a certain man, he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. You guys know from what we've talked about even a couple of weeks ago that when we see Jericho in the scripture, we're talking about a city with big walls. And I believe that any time that we try to take solace inside our walls, a lot of times we don't serve in the church because we don't, we don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't serve in the church because we've got these big walls built and we try to take refuge inside of the walls that we've built and we're comfortable inside the walls. But just like this man, we will always get hurt in spite of our walls. The hurt will make it through the wall and find you. 
This guy, he goes to Jericho. He goes from the city of God, from Jerusalem to Jericho. So he can be safe inside of his little fortress and his walls that he builds. It says, and he fell among thieves. So even inside the walls, the enemy, the thief, Satan, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, is what John 10.10 says, he still found its way inside the walls. It says they stripped him down of his clothing, they wounded him, and they departed and left him half dead. They stripped down the things that he tried to make himself, his clothing. They wounded him or beat him physically, emotionally, spiritually, and they left him hopeless. It says by chance, a certain priest came down that road. The priest in this story, and I'm going through this very fast, but the priest represents traditional religion, established religion. Your traditional religion came and they looked at the man and passed on the other side. Likewise, the Levite who was very entrenched in the law and we have to do things this way and, and did not understand the message of grace said, well, this guy's got to look a certain way. He's got to act a certain way and he doesn't look like those things at all. He looks like an outsider and he's beaten and he's messy and I don't want to go and what if I get infected if I go and I get too close to him? And so he goes out there and, and the Levite sees him and passed on the other side. But instead of Samaritan as he journeyed, came to where the man was, and he saw him, and he had compassion on him. Now, traditionally, Samaritans, they, they were a, a mixed race. They were considered to be uh, outcasts or unclean, or you don't associate with these people. And if you would travel, and the shortest distance to get somewhere was through Samaria, you went around, you went the long way. Let's just take the scenic route because we don't want to go through Samaria. So this Samaritan, not fitting the mold, sees this guy that's hurting, and he goes over and he cares for him. And it says he pours in oil and wine. He, he bandaged his wounds. He didn't ask him questions. He didn't say, why are you here? Where would you come from? You shouldn't have been here in the first place. If you wouldn't have come to the wrong side of the tracks and got yourself in this mess, then you would have been all right. How many times do we say that when we see people that are hurting? Well, you got yourself in this mess. You need to get yourself out of it, right? But that's not what he said. He went over to him. He looked at him, and he said, you're wounded. I'm going to take care of you. No questions asked. See, that's what this is all about. Back to church month, that's what this is all about. Word of Life Church, that's what this is all about. You're hurting. You're broken. No questions asked. I'm going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to bring you in. So he cared for his wounds. He poured in the oil and the wine, meaning the ministry of the Holy Spirit, as we see in Scripture. He poured in God the best that he could into this guy. And then he set him on his own animal, and he took him to a place of refuge. What we need from you is to go out as an investor into your workplace, into your neighborhoods, into your sport, your kids' sports ball fields, and we need you to seek and save that which is lost. You're like, well, I'm kind of messed up, bro. Join the club. We're all kind of messed up. I'm glad you're here. Do the best you can, just like the Samaritan did. I always ask the question, you know, does your church have messed up people? And if the answer is no, then I have to ask another question. Why not? That's right. You know, and, and some people would say, well, there's, there's, uh, there's hypocrites at your church. 
And I would say, you're right, there are. Come on, there's, we'll, there's always room for more. All right? I mean, what we are is we're a bunch of people that are just trying real hard to go after God, right? We're a bunch of people who have just begun to understand that God's way is better than our way, and every day we're learning how much he loves us. We're learning how much he cares for us. And I hope that tomorrow I'm better than I am today because Christ is revealed in me a little bit more tomorrow than he was today. Amen? Praise God. That's what we are. We don't pretend to be anything else. Paul said, I don't pretend to know anything except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Christ is being revealed in me every day. This Samaritan, did you want to say something? Or, no. Because I'm fired up. All right. The, but, but I'll let you talk if you want. The Samaritan, he just did the best he could. He didn't say, I have to fit inside this mold or I'm not churchy enough or let me call my pastor. He went out there and he said, you're broken. I'm going to do the best I can because you know what? I've been broken too. People have hurt me before too. And I have come to understand that there's a God who loves me, that cares for me, and I'm going to do the best I can. Then I'm going to throw you in my car and we're going to go to church in a place of refuge where you can get a little more help. Amen? Praise God because there's a bunch of crazy people like me that are just willing to reach out and help people like you. Right? Praise God. So it said, he took him to the inn, he departed, he gave him two days' wages, he gave him to the innkeeper to take care of him. He said, if, if it costs more than that, I'll, I'll pay you back when I come back. And then the, Jesus looked at the man and he said, so of these three, who do you think the neighbor was? Remember, this all started with the, the lawyer saying, who's my neighbor? So Jesus looked at him, he said, all right, of those three, who's the neighbor? And the lawyer looked at him and he said, well, the one who showed mercy was the neighbor. And he said, well, go and do likewise. You want to know who your neighbor is? Your neighbor is the one who shows mercy. How do you want to be as a neighbor? You want to be showing mercy. Amen? One more story, and that's all I have today. In John chapter 21, and I'm just going to give you a shortened version of this. I'm not going to read it all. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead and, and his disciples had lost focus because whenever Jesus originally called them, he said, I want you to be fishers of men. You'll no longer be fishermen in the traditional sense. From now on, you're going to be fishers of men. So he goes and, and begins to, the, the disciples begin to go back to what they knew before they knew Jesus. They begin to go back to what they knew long before they begin to walk with, with Jesus on a daily basis because Jesus had died. And so they're fishing and they had fished all night and they didn't catch anything. And then Jesus comes walking up and he starts yelling at them. He says, hey, do you catch anything last night? And the disciples said, no, we, we haven't caught anything. He said, well, throw your net on the other side. And this is just like the day that he called them. So they throw their net on the other side and it fills up with fish and Peter says, whoa, I think that's Jesus. And he jumps out and he starts swimming. The disciples catch up to him and they all meet at the shore and Jesus already has fish cooking for them on the fire. Which I always thought was funny because these professional fishermen fish all night. They don't catch one single thing 
Jesus says, throw your, throw your net on the other side. They do it. They catch a ton of fish. And then they make it to the shore, and Jesus has already got fish. Right? I think that's amazing. So during the course of all this, Peter goes up and he starts talking to Jesus. And Jesus says, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. And he asked him again, he said, Simon, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, then tend to my sheep. And then again, a third time, he said, Simon, do you, do you love me? And Peter said, you know that I love you. Why do you keep saying that? He says, then feed my sheep. And I believe what Jesus was saying here is, I may not be in front of you every single day where you can reach out and you can touch me, where you can grab a hold of me. But enough has happened in your life to transform you and to change you that I want you to be beyond the fact that when things get tough, you go back to what you know. I want you to live by what you have been transformed to be. When you look out and you see people, I want you to see them as things you have to pursue. I want you to see them just like you saw those fish that you worked all night to get. I want you to love them. I want you to love them more than money. I want you to love them more than the fact that you need comfort. I want, you know what? On, some of you have gone with us to, uh, to Dallas, to Soul Church. And every time I go there, I've gone, I think, four times. It's either been 187,000 degrees outside, or last time I went, it was seven degrees. Ridiculous. I don't think, it may be an exaggeration, I don't know, but it was cold, y'all. Or, like, I've never been so hot in my life as standing on that basketball court. But you know what? Yeah, see? Desiree's never been more excited than when I said that. She's like, somebody gets me. But I can say this, that anytime I start to complain, God says, do you love them more than your comfort? Do you love these people more than your comfort? Because you know what? They're here because they don't have a place to go. When you get done, you can get in your car and turn on your air conditioner. They don't have a place to go. Do you love them more than your comfort? Jesus is saying, I want you to love them more than your comfort. I want you to, to love them. I want you to understand that I love you and that you need to love them more than you need rest. How many times have we come and we're tired? But do I love people more than I need rest? Absolutely. Why sleep today when I can sleep tomorrow? Right? Do I love people more than I need rest? Yes. I do. Do I believe that the scripture is true when Jesus says, come to me, as Pastor said earlier, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Do I believe it? How many times have I come on a Sunday morning tired and left more energized because God gives me rest? Amen? Come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus wants you to love them more than you need to figure things out. He says, if you'll just love people, then I'll figure things out. We let things happen that keep us away from our purpose. I need you to invest. 
more than I need you to figure things out. Because if you'll invest, Jesus said, those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Amen? Do we believe it? Do you believe that? Or do you need to figure things out? I believe that if I lose my life, then I'll find it in him. Do I love people more than I need to get rid of stress? What if I take his yoke on me? What's his yoke? His yoke is people. His burden is people. He said, my burden is light. Put your yoke on me. So I put my stress on him. I take care of people. He takes care of my stress. I take care of his people. Isn't that a great exchange? I'm going to invest. If I begin to invest, then I'm going to see the dividends in my life. I have to put people first. I need you to put people first. As a church, if we will put people first, there's no stopping us. Amen? Praise God. I'm done. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, he said this, he's probably about to tell us what the will of the Lord is. And so, I found that to be absolutely the case. Uh, verse 18, he says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so there, there's the will of the Lord. It's the will of the Lord that you not be drunk with wine and that you be filled with the Spirit. But then there's something else here. In, in uh, keeping with what we're talking about today, you know, I'm not talking about the woes of drinking wine, um, but I am talking about something that, that he also addresses here. He says, speaking to one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This part caught me right here that, uh, you know, I hear people say, you know, there, there's this thing that, that a lot of people are saying lately, and it, it's coming primarily from people who have become disgruntled with church. And that's what back to church month is all about is people that maybe they're disgruntled, maybe for some other reason, but whatever reason, they have stopped coming to church. And so, um, but, but these people will say, I don't have to go to church. We are the church. And that becomes their explanation or their excuse for why they don't attend church. But... And they said, well, we are the church, so the church is wherever I am. But notice he says here, speaking to one another. Well, if I am at home in bed, I may be watching online. And if you're watching online, you know, uh, just hear what I'm saying here. You know, if you're at home in bed, it's hard to be speaking to one another, right? Unless you got some others in bed. But, uh, you know, it's hard to be speaking to one another when you're lying in bed. Wide eyes emoji. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, when you're sitting on your, on your, uh, <laughs> I think something just went right over my head, but. Uh. I think the problem is I shouldn't be allowed to have a microphone whenever you talk. I think. 
Hey, can I say something to get us back on track? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard Stephen Furtick. You guys know who Stephen Furtick is? I heard Stephen Furtick say that. I'm surprised y'all didn't get up and run around the room when I said that. Um, I, I heard Stephen Furtick say um, that a lot of people say that he's their pastor and all they do is watch him on Instagram. And he said, that makes me want to take everything off of Instagram because they're only getting this much of what God has for them just watching an Instagram soundbite. That's not church. He said, but the reason I leave it up is because any conversation we remove ourselves from, the dumbest voices take over. And I thought that's a really good, some people have, have asked, why do we do online services? Why do you do, because you know people are just going to stay home. Well, I would rather get the word of God in you somehow and believe that Christ is going to be revealed in you. And if Christ is revealed in you, then you understand the need for his church. Amen? It's his church, right? Amen. Praise God. But there are going to be some that never do. But if we remove ourselves from the, the conversation, it's just a bunch of ignorance that's going to be out there. And I'm not willing to take that. Amen? We're going to take that medium and we're going to use it for the glory of God. Right? Praise God. But he says the will of the Lord is that you be speaking to one another. So you got to be with one another to speak to one another, right? Okay. Then he says, what you're supposed to be speaking to one another is in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody. So he's telling us not just to be speaking to one another, but also to worship together. Right? Okay. Then he says, giving thanks always for all things to God in the name, uh, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Well, most people that... And we're, we're talking Christian people who have stopped attending church. It usually comes down to this. I don't like those people. Now, and I'm, I'm not talking about people that just have drifted away. But I'm talking about people who have made a deliberate decision. I should clarify that. I'm talking about people who have made a deliberate decision. I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't believe I need to go to church. You know, those people are just you know, hypocrites, those people are just this, those people are just that, and and it comes down to they don't like you. Um, and, uh, but here he says, submitting to one another. Ooh, but I just submit to the Lord. That's a way of saying I'm more spiritual than everybody else. I just submit to the Lord. Here he says, submit to if you're submitted to the Lord, you'll be submitting to one another. And if you're not ever with one another, then how do you figure that in? How are you submitting to one another if you never get around one another? Okay? And so coming to church, and I like to say it this way to people who say, well, I am the church, you know. So I say, okay, well, the church is having a meeting. So maybe you ought to come to the meeting, uh, you know, and, and and maybe we need to change the way we're saying that. Maybe we need to quit saying, let's go to church. 
Maybe we need to say, let's go to the meeting of the church or the church meeting. You know, hey, we're, we're all about refining the way we say things. And uh, so, so maybe that's one adjustment we need to make. But, uh, you know, how can we be submitting to one another if we don't ever get around each other? And then he says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let wives, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, notice here, Paul is talking about, one, one second he's talking about the church. Next second he's talking about husbands and wives. And then he's talking about submitting to one another. And then he, but all of this all ties together because he is likening the relationship with the Lord with the relationship in a marriage. And he's saying you need to get around one another. You, uh, you know, what do they say if... Um, if husband and wife are no longer living together, well, they're separated. What do they say when Christians don't go to church or don't go the, to the meeting of the church? Well, they are the church. Okay, how does that, how do we equate that with, you know, with what Paul's saying here? If you're never around your spouse, you're separated. But if you're around, never around the people of God and the, the body of Christ, and but yet they don't say, well, I'm separated from the Lord. But isn't it the same thing? Because isn't that what Paul's saying here? He, he's, you know, if, if you're going to be in a relationship with, with your spouse, you live together. If you're going to be in a relationship with the Lord and with the people of God, then shouldn't you get around one another? Okay. Um, you know, so anyway, uh, he's showing us that the church and the body, they're, they're, that they are equivalent. We say, I'm, I'm part of the body of Christ. Well, then be a part of the body of Christ. Be a part of the body. Join together with the people of God. And, uh, um, you know, it's uh, people who say, well, the church is not a building. You know, I, I'm sorry if I offend someone with this, but that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, the, the church is not a building. Of course it's not a building. If we all leave here, this is just a building that will rot and fall down just like any other building. Okay? Uh, you know, so that that is the dumbest excuse that I've ever heard. And I, if I offend someone who says that all the time, you know, we all know the church is not a building. We all know that the church is the people who join together in the building. So let, let, let's, uh, uh, you know, I've asked you to do this a lot lately. Let's, let's change our thinking 
for the sake of people on the outside. And let's stop saying, uh, let's go to church. Let's, let's start saying, let's go to the meeting. Let's go to the meeting of the church. Let's go to the gathering. Let's go to the, you know, say it in some way that because the people have built up this wall about the term going to church. I say it. We all say it. But, but sometimes in our culture, we've got to adjust for the culture. And so uh, our, if, if, if you slip up and you say go to church with me, it's okay. All right, we're not getting legalistic about this. I'm just saying that uh, you know we're not making a law. We're just making a suggestion that we change the way we're thinking. I like and just saying, "Come with me to Word of Life." That works. <laughs> I mean, so I just to inter interject a couple of thoughts, and and then I'll go sit down and let you totally close. Um, and that'll be the best day of y'all's life, right? Best moment. It'll be the most resounding ovation. Um, you know, I would be naive if, uh, and honestly, I, I, would, I wouldn't be telling the truth. If I were to say that we've done, we at Word of Life Church have never done anything to hurt anybody. We've always done everything right. We that's just naive. It's, it's just, it's simply not true. But I can say that we've never intentionally wanted to hurt anybody. We've never intentionally wanted to make things hard for anybody. I can't tell you that you're going to come to Word of Life and you're never going to experience anybody in the church be ugly to you or anything except for like Christ. Uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I were to say that. Because I just don't know. And Some of y'all got some big mouths, right? And me too. You know, some people would say, well, the music's too loud. Is it sometimes? Yeah, it is sometimes. Fair. Well, they use too much of that fog stuff. Yeah, sometimes we do, and you're not wrong. Um, we, don't, we don't ever want it. We want it to be the right amount every time, perfect amount, but it's not always. Um, it's not, everything's not always perfect. Sometimes we have typos on the screen. It's all right, right? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we say something that doesn't come out right. Sometimes, even in spite of our best intentions, we don't follow up with somebody the way that, that we should have. Or sometimes somebody falls between the cracks. I, I, if you want me to be completely honest, we're not perfect. But we try to be. And how do we, come more, how do we become more perfect? By you investing. That's how we become more perfect. How do we become, so I want you to go, and I'm going to issue a challenge, and I'm going to shut up. I want you guys to go out, and I want every one of you to purpose to reach out to one person this week that has been here and is not here. I don't need you to be an apologist for the church. 
Maybe they don't like something that I did or something they think I did. That's okay. I just want them to be here. I just care about them and I love them. Maybe they don't like something the pastor said. Maybe they don't like that the Sunday that they came, all it did was spit out fog for like two hours. It's all right. You can tell them it won't do it again and then it will probably do it the Sunday that they come. And we didn't mean to, but it did. I'm sorry. We just... We just want our friends back. We just want our family back. I mean, just as, as pure and simple, there are people I think about all the time that I know that they play a vital role in what God has for Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And just for whatever reason, cares of this world, Desire for other things, as Jesus said. Maybe it's not that they were upset about anything. Maybe it's just life. Maybe just life hits. It's okay. It's okay. We make it our aim to have a service that's out by 1140. Not today. When you get both of us talking. But guys, we're a family. And we want to see our family. So this month... I'm not saying you can't invite anybody that doesn't come to church. But this month, let's focus on those that haven't been in a while. For whatever reason, we don't need to ask. We just want you back. Can you guys do that for me? Let's join together, okay? Thank you. Let's leave the 99, go find the one. The one was actually part of the 100. And... It became 99 because there was one missing. And, uh, you know, you're still here. I'm glad you're still here. But I want the one back, too. And, uh, you know, excuses don't matter. You don't need to give one. Maybe maybe you're watching. Maybe you're you're one of those that um, have not been here in a while. Maybe you're watching online. We just want you back. That's that's the bottom line. If you if you can get my message through that camera in, into your house, onto your phone, wherever you're at, I just want you back. That that's it. Now, if you need to tell me something that. I'll, I'll listen, but I'm not demanding that. You know, if you need to explain to me, maybe it makes you feel better to to get it off your chest and tell me why you haven't been here. That's okay. I'll listen, but I'm not demanding an explanation. And if if uh, you know if if you go you reach out to people and they want to tell you all of why they haven't been here then, you know, um, listen, and, but, but assure them, hey, whatever happened, um, if you're mad at us, we ask you to forgive us. Um, if, if you think we're mad at you, we're not. Um, 
and, and, and we're, we're so sorry that, that you may feel that way um, because we're not mad at you. We just want you back. Right now, I want to give an opportunity to those who have never received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You see, what I've been expressing that we just want you back, God feels that way. You see, you were created to be his. And because of Adam's fall, that relationship got severed. And Father God just wants you back. John 3, 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He just wants you back. He didn't send Jesus to heap condemnation on you. He just sent Jesus so he could get you back. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Jesus came into this world. You owed a debt, but Jesus paid the debt. So now there's no more debt. The only part that's left is for you to accept what he did. So if that's you today, whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're viewing online, I want to ask you to pray this with me. And if you pray this and you mean this from your heart, according to God's word, you will be saved. So let's pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me that he paid for all of my sins and then he rose from the dead so that I could have new life and he did it because you want me back and today I choose Jesus as my Lord and my Savior thank you Jesus for saving me I receive your gift of salvation and your gift of righteousness right now. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, if you will go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, you can find information there about how to get a little book called I Choose Jesus that will help you know what happened to you when you prayed that prayer and to know what to do from here. And so it's a free book. Download it. You can view it on your phone, on your tablet. And uh, so just download that book, read that, and then uh, send us a message and let us know that you prayed that prayer to choose Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Well, if you're here today or you're watching online, you need healing in your body. Right now, I just want you to just lift your hand right where you're at. You need a healing. We're going to release the healing power of God. And when I say amen, I want you to just say this out of your mouth. Say, I receive it in Jesus' name. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for those who have lifted their hands 
those that are in this room and those who are watching online who have raised their hands and said, I need healing. Jesus not only died to pay for our sins, but he also bore our sickness, our disease, and our pain in his body. And so he did that so that we could be relieved from having to bear that. And right now, in the name of Jesus, to everyone who has raised their hand today, I release that healing anointing to go into bodies. Right now, in the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Amen. Say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's been a great day. I want to take just a moment real quickly, and let's pray for uh, those that were uh, affected by the the uh, shooting in middle of Odessa yesterday. Father, in Jesus' name, we just speak the peace of God. Father, to those who are injured, we send a word of healing to their bodies in the name of Jesus that they recover from the wounds. And Father, we pray for the emotional wounds that are uh, that were inflicted yesterday. And Father, we just speak to those right now in the name of Jesus and let the peace of God which passes understanding overwhelm them now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for our world, for our, our leaders, for our government authorities and leaders to have the wisdom of God to know how to respond to these kinds of things. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Also, for those who are facing hurricane this this weekend in the um, on the eastern side of our nation. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, and we just speak to that storm, and we just command that thing to just move away and and, and to do as little damage as possible. In Jesus' name. Father, what's, what's not already done, Father, we just pray that, that just move away from shore out into open waters and be, be uh, diminished in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you, and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 